Hey, this is the national treasure and the real Wells champion, Nick Aldis, and I'd like to congratulate Top Rope Nation on episode 200 of their show. Can't wait to meet up with all of you in Waterloo, Iowa, home of the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, where we can chop it up about the 10 pounds of gold and everything else that's good. Keep up the great work, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up, pro wrestling fans? Spring is in the air. Top Rope Nation is feeling the momentum. Is WWE feeling the momentum, though? We're going to talk about that tonight. It's WrestleMania season. WrestleMania 37. Actually, WrestleMania week. It's going to hit us hard next week. Uh, We're going to talk about... Speak for yourself. (laughs) We're going to talk about where our excitement level is for WrestleMania during tonight's show. We're going to talk about some of the issues that have been going on with the WWE Network. Maybe a little AEW discussion and whatever we see here in the chat. We are streaming live on YouTube.com slash Top Rope Nation. And of course, the show is available each and every week. Wherever podcasts are found, my name's Ryan Drasty, and I am joined tonight by both of them, Kyle Ross and Justin Joint, my longtime co-hosts of Top Rope Nation. This is episode 202, Kyle Ross. How's it going out in Ohio tonight? Guess what? It snowed here today. No way. Yeah, the roles have been reversed. Oh, yes, a nice dusting of the white stuff on (laughs) April 1st. No April Fool's. And not not the dusting of the white stuff that we stand here in the world of professional wrestling either. (laughs) Dude, it's, it's been terrible here. Like last... Last week, it was super windy all week, really dreary. Now, it was actually sunny today, but still only like 40-some degrees, I think. This weekend's supposed to be pretty nice, though. I was finally able to get my Christmas lights off my house this week, so uh, that was kind of embarrassing to still have those, though. I I mean, I, I took like the wreaths and the garland and all that stuff down a long time ago, but the lights oh, were like way up there. I hadn't taken off yet, so it's so windy last week. I couldn't get up on the ladder, man, so I finally got that down. Uh, and, uh, Hey man, I'm ready for it to get warm. I'm ready to go on some walks around the neighborhood. Justin joints. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm not too bad. Uh, I I'm vaccinated now. I got my Johnson and Johnson yesterday. Uh, uh, not feeling the greatest today. We got some body aches, uh, really tired. You know, we've been on overtime at work. So I, you know, on my feet for 10 hours today and, came very close to, to phoning it in and saying, you know, I'm going to have to skip this pod. But if you guys thought for a second that I was not going to get on this podcast and for the next three hours, talk about how wonderfully sweaty Christian's hair was last (laughs) night, you're sorely mistaken. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) And now was your DNA altered in any way? Are you, are you I, picking up 5G single signals in your head or anything like that? The the microchip hurt going in. <laughs> chemtrails. Chemtrails. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, well, this is good. I'm fully vaccinated now. Kyle, you've had one dose, I believe. Yeah. And Justin, you got the one dose vaccine. So pretty soon, yes, the options are going to open up for some live hangouts for us, at least for me and Justin. Kyle, you're a little further away, but maybe at some point. We're- we're going to be able to start uh, greeting each other like uh, the bushwhackers intended and start licking <laughs> each other's faces again. That's what I'm talking about. And I need to uh, 
lick this desk or something. I was eating some uh, Smarties before I went on the air here. Just adding some <laughs> sugar into my bloodstream. And there's like white powder all over my desk. Looks like a there WWF we go. locker room Quote in the unquote. 1980s. Yeah, there we go. I told you. There, now there's the white stuff we stand. Okay. <laughs> Oh, Greg's in the chat with us joining us tonight. He's talking about my Christmas lights. He says, that's not bad. It was just almost April. Hey, I'll tell you, man, <laughs> I have never gone this long ever without taking them down. But it's just been bad weather. As we talk about every week on this pod, this this year has been crazy. I mean, every week it was snowing when we were recording and it's been windy. We had like 50 mile per hour winds the other day. And looks like that weather went your way, Kyle. So you yeah. can deal with that out in Ohio. Hey, you guys want to know if I've taken down my Christmas lights yet? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm guessing, guessing they don't even go them up. up. <laughs> Cammy, have we taken the Christmas lights <laughs> down yet? <laughs> Better get on that. Yeah. <laughs> I love my wife. Yes, we love Cammy. Yes. Um, guys, if you want to support Top Rope Nation, wherever, if you're listening on the podcasting feeds on Apple, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating or a written review. We would greatly appreciate it. If you're here on YouTube, please click like on the button below the video. Subscribe to the channel. And when you subscribe, make sure you hit that notifications button. So anytime we go live, you get a little email and you know we're live and you can join us each and every week. And uh, the number one best way to support Top Rope Nation, I say this every week, is to support us on Patreon. The link is in the description of the video or podcast. We did have two new signups over the weekend, so I want to give a shout-out to Michael and Peter. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, you got access right away to that WrestleMania 22 show we did for Top Rope Nation Classics last week. show was a lot of fun and very timely because this weekend... On the WWE Network and Peacock, uh, they have the uh, what is it? The Day of uh, documentary on Edge versus Mick Foley from WrestleMania 22. We didn't even plan that. They got a new documentary coming out on that match. So, if you want to hear us do a deep dive on WrestleMania 22, it's two and a half hours. I was at the show. I talk about the live experience that weekend in Chicago. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation or check out our podcast feeds. I posted about a 20-minute preview of that show uh, last week on Friday so you can get kind of a taste of, of what those shows are like. So on our agenda for tonight, WrestleMania 37, the excitement level for the week that begins next Monday. We've got, what, Monday Night Raw on Monday night. We've got the Hall of Fame on Tuesday. At two nights of NXT TakeOver, Wednesday and Thursday, we got SmackDown on Friday, and then we've got two nights of WrestleMania, and then Raw the following week. So however many nights in a row that is, it's a lot of professional wrestling. And NXT making its Tuesday night debut the day after that. Yes. So what is that, eight days in a row of wrestling or something like that? It's going to be nuts. Are you guys ready to watch that much wrestling? Are you excited for WrestleMania 37, uh, Justin, you're shaking your head. No, <laughs> oh, I, well, at least at least not to the eight straight days or whatever of, of professional wrestling, especially not not the very least of the current product, I should say. Right. Yeah. Kyle, what, what's your excitement level? Eight straight days of 2021 WWE sounds like some real Dick Cheney type shit, man. <laughs> Did it shoot you in the face or what? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Water waterboarding toward Donald Rumsfeld. Maybe that was the reference I was looking for. <laughs> but um, yeah. I but you know, I I don't know. I don't want to totally shit on it yet because who knows? <laughs> Maybe they <laughs> stand and deliver. But uh, based on Raw Monday night, uh, 
don't think that's going to happen. It, you know, yeah. it, I got to say, I think if I had been in a coma the past <laughs> year and, and just woke up and somebody showed me this WrestleMania card, I'd be, I, I think I'd be pretty excited about seeing some of these matches. And I am genuinely excited about some of them. Uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff there. And I think we could have uh, a WrestleMania 19 on our hands where the, the buildup is pretty atrocious, but the card itself delivers. Um, and frankly, I, you know, the buildup's been bad, but I am excited to for the spectacle of WrestleMania to, to see the stage. Uh, and for the fans, twofold. One, just to have fans again at a WrestleMania event. And most importantly, to see how they shit on how WWE booking has tried to tell them who they should root for, especially like when it comes to the fiend and, uh, uh, uh Bobby Lashley. That will be really Kyle. interesting, Kyle. Yeah. So Justin brings us to an interesting point here. You, you go back 365 days. We were talking about our excitement level, uh, last year going to a mania, a very unprecedented WrestleMania, right? No fans, a global pandemic had just gotten underway. And I think the three of us were all in agreement that pretty much the most intriguing thing going into WrestleMania 36 was how could the WWE pull this off? A WrestleMania with no fans. The first ever WrestleMania that would take place over two nights. We're doing the two-night thing again this year, but the intrigue seems to revolve around, as Justin so astutely alluded to just moments ago, how much having a live audience will enhance, at least what I feel, has been an underwhelming build. And how are they going to react to various characters as well? Yeah, because for the last year plus, they've been in charge of the narrative. They've had the pumped-in crowd noise. You know, they're, they're on the Thunderdome telling you when to cheer, when to boo. This is the variable. How are they going to react? Because if you look at the reactions to The Fiend, you know, online... There's some people that are pretty into it, but overall, man, it's pretty negative, at least for my feed. So I don't know how they're going to react to that. That will be really interesting to see. I think Lashley McIntyre, and for that matter, the three-way uh, with Brian Edge and Reigns are the most intriguing uh, matchups in terms of fan reaction mm -hmm. for me. Um, but overall, I'm just going to say this. You know, you try to go in with an open mind, but second year in a row where expectations excitement for wrestlemania or at or at least near an adr yeah i mean you know last year i was saying there's only been two wrestlemanias that i have not watched live since i graduated college and i would have graduated college uh, right after wrestlemania 18 for the record it was 25 and 29 you know you you bring up all those days of wrestling and stuff man and um I don't know if I'd be watching live. I'll be honest with you. If it was not for my love of you two and my love of this podcast. <laughs> Same. I think, yeah, last year the, I had some intrigue because I, I didn't know how it was going to be. We'd never had a, the no fans thing. It was still pretty early in the pandemic. So there was that curiosity factor. Yeah, I am. Like Justin said, you know, looking forward to seeing fans there and the stage and everything. But I don't know. It feels like my excitement level is even below last year, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 pretty low. I, I do think that it is a good card, and it we say this all the time on the show. Like, in the ring, it should deliver. But the excitement going in is just not there for me. And that's a problem. You know, after 
I mean, how many years have we been saying that? By the way, I'm going to come back to that point later in the show. Okay. Uh, uh, but um, uh, about, you know, over-delivering uh, when the build is underwhelming. But um, the last two years of WWE, man, not good stuff. Yeah. I, I, You know, people can pass it off as hyperbole or whatever, man. I am dead serious. I think the last two years of WWE is arguably – the promotion's creative nadir. I mean, what's been good from the last two years? I was thinking. It, I mean, it's pretty slim pickings. Mm-hmm. And even in, even when they start to put something good, they have to shoot themselves in the foot. Like uh, Bianca Blair comes in at number three, wins the Royal Rumble, eliminating Ray Ripley. And, you know, they did the right thing, uh, lining her up with Sasha Banks. And then they put them in some meaningless feud for the tag team champions. And... Then Ray Ripley just comes in, asks for a title shot, and gets it. So that throws away the meaning for the Royal Rumble winner. And then not only that, they directly go into a feud for the tag team championship. Yeah. The exact same freaking thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, Kyle, if you think about what's been good, um, Sasha and Bailey last yes, year. Absolutely. Bailey's not even on the card. Yeah, yeah, that sticks out like a sore thumb to me. I don't know if they're going to find a way to shoehorn her into that women's tag team title situation, but wow, that would just be very unfair yeah. for someone who was such a key part of SmackDown over the course of the summer to not even make WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, you see some of these dregs we're putting in the Andre Battle Royal? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, do you know what else was pretty good? Uh, the Hurt Business. Oh, and what did they do with that? <laughs> that was Monday Night Raw. All right, well, we got it because Justin's poking the bear a little that bit. that segue. Yeah. I, I think we got to move on to the longest-running episodic program <laughs> in the history of television. <laughs> All right, let's do it. That show fucking blew. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It was like, I mean, people are critical of Raw a lot, and rightfully so. But this was like, even by raw standards, Monday night, in absolute <laughs> Those dumpster are fire. Those you are know? low standards these you know? days. And look, we're going to talk about Dynamite maybe at some point in the next hour or two. And they're not all home runs over on TNT Wednesday nights either. But there have been a couple times, I think, over the course of the last year and a half or whatever, where we've been like, man, every segment on Dynamite worked. Mm-hmm. Well, this past Monday on the USA Network, I don't think a single segment worked. Over a three-hour show. I mean, they should call this show Monday Night Albatross at this point. (laughs) How can your promotion be good? How can you expect to attract new viewers when every week, again, every week you have a terrible three-hour show? Granted, they're not all this bad, but they ain't good usually. Yeah, asking your audience to sit through three hours of that every week and then to present a show like that, I mean, what is the draw to come back? They rarely even have, like, cliffhanger endings. So it's just like, why would I tune in again after sitting through that? Do you know, it's almost like this terrible version of Saturday Night Live, which speaks volumes because I don't think Saturday Night Live is very good. <laughs> but, like, um, where they just try to, like, win the segment. They're like, oh, we'll just try something funky and hopefully it'll, like, mm-hmm. you know, gain some traction. And it like just never does. Yeah, it's just like mocked. It's just like let's just write segments for this week with just no semblance of long term booking. 
Yeah, this this hurt business breakup, man. Okay. I mean, there has not been there's been very few things to tune in for, as I was just saying. The hurt business has been one of them. Uh, I do see I'm seeing it more and more. I'm seeing people writing columns. I'm seeing podcasts talking about it now. Starting to get on board with what we said weeks ago that Bobby Lashley should retain at Mania. Now I've, I'm I've not been seeing, so sure about that. Well, we talked we talked about it what three four weeks ago. We were saying I mean we were saying it like right after he won the title that hey maybe this thing has some legs. Give it a try. Now more and more people are starting to get on board with that. Of course, we didn't know they were going to break up the Hurt business <laughs> when we said that. But like that has been one of the the few draws to Monday Night Raw. So just shocking. Really makes no sense either when you think about it. Like from a kayfabe perspective, if you're Bobby Lashley, you're the champion, and you're in a four-person group, why would you want to get rid of two people? That like makes no sense. And you know, with WWE, it's just so frustrating because it's just kind of like they're telegraphing that the two low guys on the totem pole don't belong there. Mm-hmm. You know, our good buddy Kyle Ryan on Twitter was, you know, kind of comparing it a little bit to breaking up the Undisputed Era, you know, another popular group on a different brand. Well, this is different in the sense that there's money, whatever that term means in 2021, in seeing the Undisputed Era feud, right? I mean, I think personally, Colin O'Reilly is going to be the highlight of the two-night takeover. But like with this Hurt business, you know, you break them up and you've already basically thrown Benjamin and Alexander into the mid card abyss. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're, if they, I mean, look at how they treated them right off the rip, like jobbers. And they're going to do the same thing next week. Yeah. So like, that's just silly. Like, why would you do that? Like, well, and then go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was done. Oh, I, I was just going to say, imagine, you know, getting rid of them and replacing them with uh, Aaron Corbin. Well, Okay. So this has been hypothesized and it's interesting. We brought up fan reactions that people were like, do you think, and you know, MVP I saw on Twitter was like, Baron Corbin is not in the hurt business, Mm -hmm. but do you think they're like doing this loose association with Corbin knowing that Corbin is like, you know, the automatic, like go-to to to make your fans hate something (laughs) to, draw the quote-unquote appropriate heel reaction for Bobby Lashley at Mania. Because oh. otherwise, I, that makes no sense why they would do that. And, and to be honest, them doing it really doesn't make any sense. Because here's the thing. If you don't want people to respond positively to Bobby Lashley, then why in God's name did you book him like a baby face against The Miz yeah. when he won the title? You know, maybe that's why people are cheering him. You put him in like an all-time baby face spot, and now you don't want people to cheer him. So you're just gonna give him like Baron Corbin randomly. Hmm. Don't understand that at all. No. Very poor booking. Goes back to lack of long-term booking. Yes, I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. I mean, this feud was kind of easy. We talked about this uh, maybe Elimination Chamber, right, right around that time when when this angle started to you know come into focus. There was a very pro wrestling 101 way to do this, where you just have your two brands champions go through everybody. They don't have any challengers left. They kind of come to this point. It's like, hey, I don't have any challengers left either. Maybe we do this at Mania. Mm-hmm. And if you want Drew to be the baby face, which they do, well, it's all about him overcoming four to one odds. Like that's very basic and very simple and very time tested. 
Mm-hmm. And for some reason, um, WWE doesn't like pro wrestling 101 anymore. <laughs> and I don't know why. Because they're not a wrestling company, Kyle. Yep. <clears throat> oh, no. They're trying to reach a wider audience. Yep. They know better. They know better than that time-tested formula in professional wrestling because we're not a wrestling company. They make movies. What was that movie? See No yeah. Evil? No. Well, yeah, that was one. They, that was, in fact, a movie they actually made. Well, the Room is what I was thinking of, that like universally mocked movie. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of universally mocked, what do you think of The Fiend's appearance on Monday Night Raw in Alexa's oh, Playground? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, this Alexa Bliss stuff, man, I said every week, it's freaking terrible. Get her away from this as soon as possible. Hit the box. <laughs> doing the swing thing. Does the jack in the box. Out pops what looked like a turd. Um, apparently it was the fiend. I don't know. And then the fiend is sitting next to her on a swing or like a dummy of the fiend. And like, I'm watching this. And it's like, who could see this and not just laugh at how terrible it is? I mean, they're going for scary, not funny. And you, you watch it and you're like, Jeez, like who was entertained by this? This is just awful. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's just like, I mean, it's one of those things that like, you know, podcasters all around the world use this. Like if my wife walks in or, you know, my husband or that matter, you just like corpse and you're like, uh, I I don't know what this is. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be seen watching that stuff. Imagine Uh, watching that in like your college dorm room, Kyle, and like your buddies walk in. What would you think? You'd be like throwing your blanket over the TV. Nope, I don't know. I don't know. I would just throw the TV out the window. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, man. I think the the fiend may not be the worst thing in the history of wrestling, but it's the worst thing that some people think is good. Mm -hmm. Not good. It it is. It is one of you talk about that WrestleMania card. It is one of two matches that I am absolutely dreading. Mm-hmm. come next weekend the other being uh shane mcmahon and braun Strowman, oh. which gave us one of the again I, a segment that would on any other week probably have been the worst segment on Monday Raw, and in fact could have been the worst segment of Monday Night Raw last week shane who has been delivering his promos very bizarrely is he on drugs <laughs> i kind of hope he is because i don't know what his excuse is otherwise for his delivery um braun Strowman's fifth grade report card <laughs> by the way way signed off on this way to tell us one of your biggest stars got a d plus in gym class that's a smart idea yeah but hey they got the choo-choo sounds now so Oh. Yeah, and, and Matt Riddle has birds coming out of his sandals. <laughs> I'll, Who I'll, thinks I'll, this shit is cool? Who? So Who? You, know, I, you know, I was thinking like you know, I realized that like 1980s WF was not everyone's cup of tea, but. As someone who grew up in that era and became a fan of the era, it was always my opinion, and quite frankly, still is my opinion that. The production, and this goes not just for that era, but any era of WF, has always enhanced the product. Maybe not always, but up until like recent years. To me, WWE production right now hurts the product. Mm-hmm. Fucking birds coming out of the sandals? <laughs> and then it's like... Thomas the Train? What is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
in that backstage promo where like Riddle forgot his line. He's like, yeah, I don't know. And walks off. <laughs> okay. I'll be honest with you. I don't know whether it was intended or he just did that. Hi- that was the highlight of raw. Because, <laughs> He's like, like, I don't care. This doesn't that matter. Verbiage, like, Do they have scooters like this in Japan? Uh, Who greenlit that line? Dude, they have made Riddle into the biggest nerd over the last yes. few months. Like, they're it's it's burial. Like, how do you recover from this? Like week after week after week, where he comes up in the scooter and just the stupid lines, and it's just like, yeah. man, this is a guy who's the hottest thing on the independent scene for years, and we raved about him when they signed him and how he's a difference maker, could go right to the main roster, and they bring him up there, and he's got birds coming out of his sandals <laughs> and giving the <laughs> shittiest promos each and every week. Like, no, I don't know how you could script those promos and think like, oh yeah, people are gonna really get behind this guy. Like this is someone people are going to want to see like who is sitting around in these writing meetings as they write these promos and think like, Hey, yeah, it's a great idea. This sounds good. This that's some good shit right there. I don't get it. How it's someone who thinks dudes, where's my car is an accurate representation of stoners. I don't get it, man. I don't know how anyone could think that this is good television. <laughs> and by the way, we haven't even mentioned, I mean, how bad is this? That this is like third or fourth down the list. Um, with Matt Riddle, of course, <laughs> there is a uh, sort of elephant in the room, what might be number one, but we'll blow by that for now. But he's lost like two non-title matches in three weeks since winning the title. Yeah. Like, like when they announced the match with Sheamus before Raw, this is WWE booking in a nutshell. You knew exactly what was going to happen. And yes, we're very online fans. We know how WWE books. We had heard rumors and it was logical that, Sheamus and Riddle would be married to each other for Mania because they didn't have anything else going on. But like, there's going to be a non-title match between Sheamus and Riddle for the U.S. title. By the way, Riddle. So, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, Riddle. Riddle. Um, He's well, coming Jay, out and wearing green I, with question yeah. marks. I wonder if Sheamus is going to win that non-title match to set up the Mania match. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then they make him and Braun look like dopes in that hideous <sighs> Drew McIntyre backstage promo that wasn't on drew again that's on the writing staff uh for people who watch that that promo where he went in the back he's like oh i'm looking for a fight who's looking for a fight come on stop tweeing <laughs> it felt like somebody who had watched 1998 steve austin and did not understand in the least bit why 1998 steve austin got over like steve austin got over because he said cool shit Mm-hmm. Like, remember when he went up to Gorilla Monsoon and was like, they call you Gorilla, but to me, you're hee-hawing around here like some kind of jackass? Like, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Yelling at Drew Gulak about tweeting is not funny. Let Drew McIntyre shine. Let let his actual personality come about. Don't script every single line because the scriptwriters <laughs> are garbage. Like, <laughs> Steve Austin didn't have people scripting every line he said on tele. Like, that's, that's the greater issue. I yes. got you talk because I got one of my buddies had something on this today that I thought was right on. Uh, like, the, well, the worst part of that promo is how they came back from break or whatever, and Drew is just sitting backstage, like forlorn and morose, like just sitting on the thing. He's like, he's just stewing, and he just decides to storm in the locker room, and it's like so scripted and so unnatural yeah. and so bad. He like backs down Braun and Drew, and they're both like. Well, yeah, I'd fight you normally, but uh, like, okay, yeah. we're really supposed to believe in that guy. Here's the thing. Okay, so 
my friend Adam Martin, who was um, editor of WrestleView.com for years and years and years, and he's a really smart fan, but he barely watches wrestling anymore. Um, today is the 20-year anniversary of WrestleMania 17, right? It is. Arguably greatest WrestleMania of all time, one of the best builds to WrestleMania. And someone had tweeted out the sit-down video of Austin and The Rock and JR in advance of that match. And it's the one where Austin is like, I need to beat you, Rock. I need it more than anything you can ever imagine. It's such a great promo. Mm -hmm. And so my buddy Adam quote tweets that, and he says, stuff like this only reminds me why I completely stopped watching the modern product. This is so simple and yet effective. Now they'd make someone remember three pages of script and regurgitate it like a robot. Pretty much. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest problems is... The script, the over scripting of these characters and the way they talk, just let them be themselves. WWE television, I, look, I'm not pulling any punches with this call right here. It honestly feels like a poorly acted high school play where the actors are being held at gunpoint. <laughs> that's like when I watch some of these movies, sometimes I think that. Like, that's yeah. just how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Miz and Morrison, you talk about bad. We haven't hit. I mean, that freaking hopscotch routine or whatever the hell that was. I know they're heels and you're like not supposed to like them. But like, again, is that something that you would be proud to show someone? This is what is I watch so- on Monday nights. Yeah, is that, is that something you call your buddies over and be like, look at this cool segment? Like, <sighs> the, don't you just want to see these guys get their comeuppance? I'll take it back. They're, you know what the highlight of Raw was? Bad Bunny's punch. That was good. He, the guy could throw a good punch. But even that whole thing, you know, I, I'm not against celebrities in wrestling by any means. But, and I know there's injury concerns, particularly with Morrison, right? Right yeah. now, that's why. But, like, you do celebrity angles to give the rub to your current guys. And I don't see Damian Priest getting much of a rub from this at all. Like, it's not about... You know, there will be some people, these, you know, the Ryan Satins of the world, don't mean to call names, but he's the first one that came to mind. Who's like, well, they're going to get all these segments on these news mag shows. But those don't do anything. They really don't. Like, because the people who, like, might be Bad Bunny fans and see that, they'll be like, oh, is Bad Bunny in wrestling now? And you're like, no, not anymore. And you're wrestling. And they're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll never forget, like, my wife is, like, a John Stewart fan. Or was it Johnson? I don't know. You know, it still follows him now. I don't know what he's doing, but like he was at SummerSlam the one year, right? Yeah. And she saw the video independently of the thing with Cena and Rollins. She's like, oh, is John Stewart in WWE? And I'm like, no, he just did that. She's like, oh, okay. Like she didn't want to tune in. Yeah, yeah. It, she didn't want to tune in. That's the thing. So it's like, okay, yeah, fine. They're going to do something and like they'll show Bad Bunny doing some move to the Miz on ET. But mm. if, you don't hook those people and like make them see something else cool. That would make, like it's kind of worthless to be honest. Like Mike Tyson was critical in the making of Steve Austin. Like they didn't make all the focus about Tyson. Austin was the star. Same with T and Hogan. It, yeah. it won. Like that's how you use a celebrity. This is just going to be you're going to make a guy who, by the way, you just made your world champion for five minutes and look like an idiot look even mm-hmm. dumber. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania thirty seven. They they care they care a lot about the celebrities way more than they do about their own talent. Yes. About getting getting the celebrities over. Yes, that, that that is a great point. They absolutely do when you watch the TV. That that you feel that way. 
It's all by getting the Instagram video views and the story views on there and the YouTube hits. And it's like, yeah, that's fine and well. But like, if it doesn't draw anyone to watch the product, what's the point? Hey, you you had this one video on Instagram that did a bunch of views or this one video on YouTube. Well, it doesn't really matter if you're not drawing those people in to make them fans. And that speaks to another big picture issue with this company. It's become a promotion of just loosely connected or not even connected at all moments. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the builds aren't representative of these long storylines or it's not something that leads somewhere else. Like WrestleMania now, it's just like, Hey, look at this one thing that happened. And we'll have this 15 second clip that we'll just keep showing forever and ever. But did it lead to anything good? No, not really. Was the build to it that good? No, not really. But Hey, here's this 15 second clip. (laughs) Like that's kind of what the WWE is. It's just like, it's just about making a moment and is it connected to another good moment? Eh, usually not. No. Yeah, it's kind of out there on an island. Well, anything else you want to say about Raw before we talk about the the Legends aspect of Mania? Yeah, I think we hit that show pretty good. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, let's, let's switch gears a little bit to something else because we've complained about Raw enough. Uh, so we, you've got it here in the notes, Kyle. You're talking about how... Fans in the past have been critical of WWE overusing legends at WrestleMania or part-timers at WrestleMania. And this year, you know, we got Edge obviously in a big-time match. But outside of Edge, you're bringing in, I guess, Hogan to do this hosting thing. Um, Shane McMahon. Uh, <laughs> There's like, by the way, with man, I, I struck it from the notes. I was going to make a real uh, inappropriate joke about this set they're preparing. You know, they keep saying, oh, big entrance to open the show. And I, I was going to take it in direction, but no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, let's talk about this, le- le- this uh, Legends aspect. Do we think that they should have brought in more? Uh, is there issues with what's going on right now? Uh, does you, you mentioned the notes, Kyle, about the show, uh, whether or not it feels big enough. What's the point you're trying to get across here? Okay, so you see this on Twitter sometimes when you're watching the shows in real time and people are being combative on there. And I, to be honest, I was too lazy to look up the tweet because it was like a week or so ago and a, there's no way I could have found it. But somebody was like, WWE fans, oh, too many part-timers. WWE doesn't use that many part-timers for WrestleMania. WWE, WrestleMania doesn't feel big enough this year without the part-timers. And that's like an oversimplification to me because I don't think it's a really either-or situation. When you make your current crop of full-time performers seem secondary, that is a separate issue from giving them, quite frankly, shit creative. You know, and that's the case this year. Yeah, they are a more prominent fixture on this year's program but i don't think the creative is quite frankly that good Mm -hmm. um so those are two separate issues it's not just like wrestlemania has no part-timers so it is good wrestlemania is all (laughs) part-timers it is bad no that's not how it is it's all about having good stories so i I just you know i think that's kind of a straw man argument quite Mm -hmm. frankly and you know there'll be some people oh well you know this current crop of guys they just can't get it done i guess well and this is what I alluded to earlier, Ryan. I I, I disagree with that um, about you know putting the blame at the feet of the quote unquote modern generation of performers. Because what did you say earlier here in, in this uh, show? Well, a lot of times, bad creative. No one's looking forward to these pay per views. These guys get in the ring and they deliver to some sort of degree. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, maybe that show wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Well, imagine if these guys actually got good creative for once. Yeah. 
I mean, it, all these guys who leave, that's what they're talking about is that they're handcuffed in the WWE and then they leave and they're free. I mean, especially like John Moxley. Yeah. Or, yeah. And, you know, big show has been saying a lot of the same things too. Yeah. Just listen to the, like, it's one thing to hear, you know, three yahoos like us and please listen to the show. I think this is a very good podcast, <laughs> but like the people who work there and leave are saying the same things normally. Yeah, I mean, the people that work there aren't going to say it, obviously, for obvious reasons. But the minute they're out the door, they're saying a lot of the exact same things. Hundred. No, nobody thinks the current WWE creative process is good. No yeah. one. Uh, not even the people in charge of it. Yes. Say. So what? So what? Why do they keep doing it? Why hasn't anything changed? I. I it's so weird. Like, you know. You talk about 20-year anniversaries, WrestleMania 17. Well, not that long ago. What does that mean? WCW went out of business 20 years ago. And I think it is, like, so fascinating how WWE inherited some of, like, the shitty traits of WCW once it went out of business. Like, these large booking committees and the corporatization of wrestling. Yeah. Like, and it's so, like, of all the lessons to be learned from WCW, don't do that. Don't have <laughs> this revolving door of 72 people trying to book at once. Is it just all because of the, all the money that's coming in? I mean, we talked about it when they had the earnings report. Most profitable year ever in 2020. They're getting these massive TV deals. They're getting the massive amount of money for the Peacock deal. So when you're making that much profit, what I mean, I, I think they just thumb their noses at the criticism and say, it doesn't matter. Look how much money's coming in. I would love to sit in a writer's room, be a fly on a wall, and scare the hell out of everyone by being a ghost. And 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 <laughs> yell what you just yelled about 15 minutes ago, right? Do any of you think this is good? <laughs> How can you really believe this? Well, yes. Like that is like the fascinating thing, right? Like yeah. does like from the top down, Vince, Hunter, whomever, all the important Bruce, all like are you proud of these weekly programs? Mm-hmm. Like it, th- that's the million dollar question, I guess. It's kind of sad if they are right. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It's just like they're in this loop where it's like they're, they're getting the positive reinforcement of the money coming in. So they think, why would I change anything? We're making all this money. And I see this too. Like sometimes on our Twitter account, you know, if you're critical at all WWE, sometimes these WWE stands come out of nowhere and they'll be like, well, they made the most money they've ever made last year. So who are you, are you to say the product's garbage? It's like, that doesn't mean the product's good. You're talking about an established like entertainment entity here that has a reliable audience, not an audience as big as it used to be, but a reliable audience that will continue to tune in that has this vast archive of content, which, hey, we can talk about the issues with that. But Peacock, you know, they paid for the live pay-per-views. They paid, hopefully, for the archive. Uh, it, they're not paying for 2021 WWE Raw right now when they're making that Peacock deal. They're, they're, they're paying for, we've got a reliable audience that keeps coming back. Yeah. But they're not growing their audience is the problem. And, you know, to that point, you looked around most of the history of WWE up until like, you know, the last 10 years or so, maybe even a little longer. The state of the company creatively was very much tied to the financials, right? I mean, you look at when the company was doing big business, late eighties, late nineties, early aughts. Okay. And that's when the company was 
at its creative best, right? And they still largely draw like on that reputation sometimes too, right? Like that's that's part of the brand. I mean, yes. when these companies throw money at them, they're also thinking back to those years and like, hey, this is what they're capable of kind of thing too. But now, like you just said, right? Yeah, do you think like these Fox executives are like watching these storylines from the last couple of years of WWE and are like, dude, we have got to get the show on our network Friday nights. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We are in an era for the first time. And hats off. Okay. Headphone. Hats off to WWE. (laughs) They have found a way to make a ass load of money despite not being creatively good. And for the record, sometimes you can be creatively good and not make a lot of money depending on what your, I mean, if your audience is kind of small, Mm -hmm. right. You know, like ECW, you always got critical acclaim. It never made big money. Yeah. Um, well, some people would point to AEW right now, although AEW has guaranteed, you know, has done things that ECW never accomplished. Um, take that, Dave Shear. Just to the side. I'm sorry. I'm just very <laughs> Kyle's just firing shots tonight. I get very passionate sometimes when I see bad tweets. Hey, did, have I, you spoken to um, Satin's Barber yet? Have I spoken to the button? No, I have not spoken. No, right, I have not to spoken you. to Sid. All right. I'm sorry. Carry on. He, he got real salty about that. Did you see? I kind of <laughs> almost felt bad for a minute. Um, I, I, I forgot where my point is. I mentioned Dave Shear and I went, I, I went blank when I talked Profitability about Profitability and yeah, yeah, but yeah, it creative. It's just, it's not. Yes, they are making their most money ever. But if like you think that in any way is tied to like the creative, you're, you're insane. Yeah. I said it earlier. I firmly believe the last two years of WWE television have been as bad as any two year stretch creatively this promotion has had since I've been watching. Uh, it's since 1986. You know, people can point to like that down period in the mid 90s. You want, at least it was logical. Mm-hmm. I really hate, I don't like to be this negative on the podcast, but <laughs> my God, I mean, this has been a, just an awful WrestleMania build. I don't know what else to say. If we're, if we're being objective about the product, there's really no way to not be this negative right now. I mean, we, hey, if you're new I've to the show, it. we're po- we are very positive when good stuff is happening. Uh, in the past five years, but this is not good stuff right now. It's not like I have some like bizarre obsession against WWE. It's not like I like watching bad TV and having talked about. I would love nothing more for Raw and Smack to be good and to come on here and be like, "Oh my God, man, I'm having the time of my life." Yeah, I wonder what arenas would look like right now if there was touring. Like, what ticket sales would look like right now? Because WrestleMania, I mean, I know people are reluctant to travel because of the pandemic and stuff, but WrestleMania, the limited capacity, that certainly didn't sell out right away. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> if, if if things were normal right now and this is the creative, like, how would attendance be doing? Because in years past, we could point to attendance on if creative is working or not. Now we don't want, we don't have you, that. You know what, though? Even with Mania, like, that's the thing with the modern WWE. Like, I don't think, like, these huge attendance numbers they draw for mania are reflective of the creative either. No. Yeah. I don't either. Like, you know, I mean, do you, do we really think triple H Roman Reigns was a more successful program than Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giants? Yeah. No, it's it's, again, it's the brand drawing. It's the, it's the show. WrestleMania is so established now. 30, 30 plus years. Like it's, it's a vacation. Yeah. Wrestling fans is what Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, you know, one small note I guess we could talk about in the notes is, and I actually like this. So, okay, we've been negative, so I'll say something positive. I like how they've kind of just chucked two matches on SmackDown next week on the go-home. This 
Andre Battle Royal and the SmackDown Tag Titles, which is a four-way. There's no need to bloat the two nights of WrestleMania proper with these matches. And what great build is the WWE going to do? Damn it, I guess I'm negative. But what great, build, <laughs> what great, what great build were they going to do over those two hours for the mid card matches? Just do this; it's fine. Justin, what do you think about this? Because I saw some people complaining about it. What do you do? You, are you a fan of putting that on SmackDown? Um, I guess it's just a matter of uh, more just feeling bad for the talent, not necessarily the Andre the Battle Roy- Battle Royal, which. I like, and I think they've royally screwed up. Um, but like, you know, the guys in the tag team uh, match, some of them, right? The Mysterios and Street Profits, you know, they've had decent years. And for them not to be able to make the WrestleMania card, I think is a bit of a bummer, especially mm-hmm. with how talented they are. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, We've talked about this before, too. Not everyone needs to be on WrestleMania, no. although those guys deserve they do deserve to be on WrestleMania. So, that, again, it's it's indicative of creative that they weren't able to come up with something better to get them on the show. So, I mean, where they're at now creatively, it's it's hard to make the argument, I, mean, I guess. I mean, if you, I could be cold for a minute, not to pick on anyone. I've just looked at the list and just pointed to a random name and I've decided I'm going with him. I mean, you know. <laughs> Tazawa being on the main card, don't put any money in my pocket. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm, again, like, I'd rather watch a the Andre Battle Royal than whatever, you know, hokey hype they're going to do. You know, it's better that, I mean, I know it's raw, but it's better than, you know, watching the Miz and Morrison video again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's shift into a couple news topics and then we'll bring it home for the week. So you guys see this Andrade interview he did with Lucha Libre online, I believe it was. was On it some of the tidbits? Yeah, I want to make sure. He did it with yeah, Hugo. Lucha, uh, yeah, Lucha Libre online. Yeah, that's right. So there was, there was a lot of headlines come out of that initially because it, it felt like the translation was kind of messed up <laughs> yes, right away because like, they had her... to correct some things, especially yeah. with the Charlotte Flair pregnancy deal um but evidently charlotte flair had a uh a false positive pregnancy uh announced not announcement but uh she was informed she was pregnant by wwe personnel i guess the story was uh and it turned out she wasn't pregnant and so that had to do with why why they removed her from television that's a mess yeah because she's been cleared from covid right yeah okay she was at raw this past week yeah so I don't know. Anything stand out from this interview for you guys? I wouldn't be happy if I were Charlotte or I were Andrade. I mean, look, we're all following me. Like, it's like a real bummer. Be like, like, I mean, think of like being told, Hey, you're pregnant. And then it being like, psych. Mm -hmm. Like that. I mean, that's a stressful situation. And you know, the thing I really felt bad for Andrade was, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. He like told the story that he'd been cleared to return and like Vincent Hunter didn't even know for three months. Yeah. And what's <laughs> how does that happen? That, that's how the hell so, does that happen? So it's sad on two levels. What it's sad because it just shows like the incompetence. Like how, how are like how do they not know <laughs> that uh, that one of your performers is clear? That's really bad. And number two, and this is the saddest thing at all, they obviously weren't asking about Andrade. Yeah. Like you know, if like Andrade was important, Vince would be like, oh, what's that? What's Andrade coming back from that injury? Apparently that question was never asked. And like, so you can see why Andrade would want to get the 
hell out of there. Mm-hmm. Big money contract too. He walked away from. Yeah, although that had to be clear, you know, the three million people. Like, oh my God, he's made three million. I mean, at first, and I almost fell out of my chair. I said, yeah. Andrade, please stay in catering for God's sake. <laughs> but you know, that turned out to be, you know, um, that not over the course of one year by any means. Yeah, yeah, total. He, he, uh, guy yeah. looks like such a star. Yeah, it's just so stunning that you you can't find room for him. Great worker, done great stuff. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. There was an interesting bit in there I found um, where it had to do with Drew. Drew McIntyre also had a lot of positive things to say about Randy Orton. Uh, but there was Everyone a point. Everyone loves Randy Orton. Yeah, Randy Orton has done a hell of a babyface turn. I've said it before, but man. Too bad, too bad he's headed for back-to-back worst match of the year contenders at WrestleMania. Too bad he's in there with <laughs> The Fiend. Yeah, he can work some miracles. Well, uh, apparently like they had this match with... Uh, with Drew and Andrade and he was supposed to put over Drew and make Drew look just like a monster. And he was specifically told to basically get no offense in, but Drew told him, no, like under the table, do your stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. I specifically mentioned McIntyre, Randy Orton as two guys that really treated him well while he was there. Yeah. Then he say like Orton would go up to him. Like, why aren't they using you? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what pushed him out the door. Andrade. Yeah. Yep. Well, didn't he also mentioned something about the fact that he doesn't speak very good English? He thinks that's the reason why they might have not used him. But there's plenty of guys who, you know, speak English but can't talk on a microphone, and they still get pushes. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, you know, we talk about this a lot. About okay, if a guy is a negative, you hide it and you accentuate his positives. Well, you gave him a manager. Like, who cares, like, about his English? Like, he has a manager, okay? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, Haku wasn't exactly Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> that's why you give him Bobby Heenan, and you don't worry about it. I mean, you know, that's just a silly example. But, like, I mean, who cares? That's okay if, if a guy's talented, but maybe he's not that great on the mic, or you, you don't want to have him do these long promo segments. Well, he had a manager, and that was something that worked at NXT. And everyone was kind of like, that will work on the main roster. And they never really gave it a fair shot. Yeah. Which begs the question, what the fuck is the point of NXT? <laughs> yeah, it's moving to Tuesday nights now. So maybe we'll have a different goal in mind rather than who's, siphoning who, off viewers from AEW. Who said Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays? <laughs> yes. It's a great reference. Oh, man. So... We had we had two other topics on the on the uh, agenda to hit. We can hit them in either order you guys want to. I mean, we've got the WWE Network fiasco, and then we've got the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, I guess we could we could we hit the WWE Network because we've been talking about WWE, and we'll close with AEW. So, boy, this WWE Network thing has been a mess. I mean, when you when you first heard about it, you think, all right, they're going to transfer the archives. They told you they're going to transfer the archives. If I'm going to have the same product that I have now and get access to the NBC Universal stuff, hey, that's a hell of a deal. But if I would have told you when they announced it that, well, when they launch, you're going to have way less stuff than you've been paying for for the last seven years, and you might have the archives by August, I think the reception would have been a little bit different. You know, I mean, not even just the archival content that's on there, 
but just the organization of it is so bad. It's, it's tough to find stuff. Um, WWE network, the standalone platform that they have developed is a very good streaming service. Like it's something that they should be proud of. They built this up for seven years, their own product, but all it takes is that big check and Vince, there you go. Sorry, us fans. You're going to, you're going to have an inferior product now and to hell with what we've built on our own for seven years. Off you go to NBC Peacock, and it is terrible. It is really bad. I, as a huge fan of wrestling, obviously, and a fan of the WWE Network, this has been so disappointing to watch roll out. And there are ways that U.S. people can still get the international version right now. I won't won't go too into too many details, (laughs) but... I mean, I think, hey, you're, st- I mean, I'm talking, I'm not talking about illegally. I'm, you're still paying for it. You just get paying international currency for it. And some people have resorted to that because <laughs> the Peacock is, is so bad. I mean, if you were getting the same thing on Peacock, there's no need to do that at all, but you're not. And it's going to take, how do you pay a billion dollars for a product and not have it ready on launch? I don't get that. A billion dollars and not you, have the content transfer over. Do you think I- they had no idea about the size of the archive? I, they had to. I mean, like, how, I mean, how do you pay that much money and not? I mean, know? you're right. I mean, like, I mean, you hear the number, right? They always like talk about how many thousands of hours of archival content they have mm-hmm. on there. So they had to have some idea. It just maybe they didn't know, you know, how it, you know, was organized or I, I don't know. I, I'll I, say, go ahead. I don't. Go ahead. I don't. I don't think they cared at how That's, long it's going <laughs> to take them to roll it out. It's like, hey, we got this toy now. Uh, we'll just give them bits and pieces of it as time rolls along. It's like, we're going to give them WrestleMania. They're going to be happy. They, they don't care about wrestling fans. It's so bizarre. Like, can you imagine if Netflix sold out to like a different company and like Netflix switched to a different server and all of a sudden there was like 5% of the content on there? <laughs> like People would be fired up. Completely nuts. Yeah, so you're right. This is not like because you know some people go, oh, typical wrestling fan. I always find something to complain about. But that's a very strong analogy, in my opinion, Ryan Drossi. So I have not had to use Peacock yet, by the record. <laughs> I believe we were talking about this off air. I believe the WWE has just charged me an additional $9.99 because my service <laughs> does not run out till April 23rd. I've been waiting for it like every day to just go dark and them to force me to go to peacock but uh we'll see on april what you said on april 3rd that i think, everyone's... I think it's april 3rd. it's third or the eighth i don't know i have those two dates in my mind but one of the two april okay. 3rd or april 8th the u.s was supposed to go dark but okay so we'll we'll, we'll see I, i'm hanging on as long as i can and like i said we were joking off air like you know in like the middle of wrestlemania i'm gonna like have to like sign up for peacock all of a sudden <laughs> it's the way the archival content stuff has gone up too has been really like no rhyme or reason other than them wanting to get all the WrestleManias up because like, so like they don't even have the Saturday nights main events up the last I look. And this is an NBC property. Like, wouldn't that be one of the first things you would think that they would love? Nope. Not on there. Uh, they don't Everyone even have assume that that was going to be probably the first thing they might. Cause everyone's like, yeah, they'll take their time. They don't give a shit, but the, I bet you they'll do Saturday night's main event. Oops. It's, I mean, yeah, there, there is, no rhyme or reason for how they're pushing this out. Um, the format, the layout of it, that doesn't really bother me. I think basically all these streaming services are basically the same. I think Amazon is kind of by far the worst one. Um, but like, like, I wanted to watch the Great American Bash '96, I believe. So yeah. I got I got on the cock to to look for. <laughs> they only have 
like 12 WCW pay-per-views and they are just the most random assortment of mostly trash. Like some of their worth, like majority of 99 and 2000 pay-per-views. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. They don't last. I looked, they don't even have any nitros on there, right? Like not a single one. Not that I'm aware of. You it's know, very minimal. You yeah. know, and it, and it goes back to an issue they had really throughout the network's history with the archival stuff. They just don't promote it well. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'll, I'll take a positive spin on this. You don't have to give me the full archive right away. Because if you don't, like maybe then, and I think the three of us were having a discussion on text about this, that, you know, back in the day, your videotape collection was not infinite. Right, you had a finite number of stuff, and it would, you would even if it wasn't the greatest thing in the world, you would watch stuff over and over again just because you had it. Well, if the archive is somewhat limited, then I'm maybe gonna kind of just gravitate towards that a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm like, okay, well, all right, I guess I can't finish 1984 World Class, but whatever. Here's like all the '96 Nitros. I'll watch that kind of like you would binge a show on Netflix. Well, if everything's just kind of putting up haphazardly, you really can't even do that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's like, like that's the thing. Like I, I, like I wish they would be like, okay. Like, and they could even promote it on the, um, you know, on the TV, like, Hey, you know, you ever heard about the glory period of WCW 1996 nitro in full now on the network. And you show some highlights. You're telling me like three or four people aren't immediately going to check that out. Like after raw, of course they would. It, 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 did you have a point? Cause I actually was going to tell a fun anecdote that I had uh, a story. Oh, I mean, just on what you're saying is that, yeah, they could have done that. Like even weekly, like this week is 1996 WCW, WCW. We've, we've loaded all the nitros and all the pay-per-views from 96. And it gives you a reason to watch. If they did that like week to week, I'd still would be happy that the whole archive is in there, but at least it would be like thematically rolled out and it would give you a reason to like relive that time period or like this week is 1997 WWF, all the raws and all the pay-per-views are there. Like go relive it on the network. Then put together like some flashy highlight package on TV. That would be a really cool way to roll it out. But yeah, like Justin said, the way they're rolling it out now with no rhyme or reason, it's, it's so scattered and you don't really, I don't know. It's, it's awful. Greg in the chat said he watched Capital Carnage this afternoon just because there wasn't much to choose from. <laughs> Is it Capital Combat? Because that's that's all. That was a I WCW, think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Capital, I think there was a WWF Capital Carnage. There was, there was. That's yeah. what I was asking. But, um, so I had a discussion once with somebody internally in the company, and they gave you that old company line at the time. Oh, you know, not as much people are into that archive as you think. And I was like, it's because you don't really promote it very well quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they always, you know, get a little chippy with you. <laughs> They'll say, well, how would you promote it? And I kind of said, what I just said, I'm like, well, what if you had one of your announcers that had like a shred of credibility, say JBL at the time. Okay. Had JBL's pick of the week. You all should watch this on there. You're telling me people would not go watch it. And they're like, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> they're, like, I don't, they're like, I don't know why we don't do that, to be honest with you. Or like, you know, even if you come back from commercial, and it was like this week in history, like a match that, you know, the three of us love, Pillman Liger. Okay, Super Bowl two. Let's say you had Ricochet and like two other guys said, oh, I love this match growing up. You're telling me people wouldn't go to watch that match? Of course they would. They just don't know. To them, it's just like, 
It's content. It yeah. has no meaning, no right. It's just, we just dump a bunch of shit. You'll watch this shit. Well, of course people are going to be confused. I mean, it can be overwhelming, even for someone like myself, mm-hmm. the amount of content. So I'm like, God, I just want to watch it all. And, you know, like there's just only so many hours of the day. Yeah. But I just, they've never done a great job with the archive, as awesome as it is to have all that stuff there. Uh, besides just having it all. Um, I don't think they've ever promoted it well, quite frankly. Um, we got a lot of listeners over the in the UK and a few patrons over in the UK. And you guys keep enjoying that old version of the network. We really got screwed here in the United States. <laughs> so we got we got some Canadian supporters too. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not good here right now. Hopefully they get it straightened out because there has been a lot of complaints. It's all over online. Reddit, Twitter, wherever you look. Facebook, people are complaining about it. And with good reason. And if it's on Reddit, it must be true. <laughs> All right, let's close with the Wednesday Night Wars while they're still around. So as we said, uh, April, what is it, April 13th? Something like that. Uh, I think it's April 13th. NXT moves to Tuesday nights. Uh, our friend over at Mapman, Andrew Zarian, he was the guy that broke that story weeks and weeks ago. It was officially announced the other day. And so... Next week will be the final week of the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, And this week, Dynamite came out on top of NXT, as they usually do. Uh, But it was a little bit closer than usual. And actually, I believe there was a tidbit in there. I think among 18 to 34, NXT actually slightly won that demo. Yeah. Which doesn't usually happen. (laughs) So that was surprising. Uh, I I think in the end, we've talked about this. It's going to help. It should help both companies both brands to be on separate nights uh so i'm i'm excited to be able to watch AEW and not channel flip at all and maybe if something's good on nxt that i can tune in on tuesday night and not <laughs> think about what's going on on dynamite you know so that'll be a good thing what do we think about the quality of AEW dynamite lately kyle you have in your notes that this was a good show but apparently only six hundred ninety nine thousand other people did looking at the viewership this week yeah i really liked the show. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, why have the numbers been disappointing the last few weeks? Cause I think every television show since revolution has been good, mm-hmm. fast paced, hard hitting. I mean, the one criticism of dynamite is, are, are they doing too much on their TV, which is a, a very interesting criticism to have, but I, man, in my heart, I, I still think it's that revolution effect. People were fired up for that pay-per-view that pay-per-view, we reviewed it. We were not happy at the time. Just like a lot of other wrestling fans. And I think people kind of soured a little bit on AEW. And it's going to take time for people to come back. Um, you know, I, right now they're probably, you know, I don't know what the floor is for Dynamite viewership. But I don't think it's much lower than 700000 Yeah. Hey, you said it off air. Stay the course, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the booking's fine. And, you know, you know it's so interesting that, to hear some of these criticisms, oh, there's too many factions or they're doing too many. It's like, that's how you keep like what AEW does better than, you know, main roster WWE is preventing folks from falling into that mid card abyss. I'll use that term again, right? It's just, and if you put somebody in a faction, I've always liked factions because it's a way to put them on television, but they don't have to like wrestle a match you don't have to lose a match that week. And, it, you know, you, you can just have them on TV without really doing much. And, yeah, they got a, and they have a lot of guys. They have a big roster. So factions are a good way to kind of get more folks on TV. Um, 
the fast-paced television reminds me a lot of the Monday Night Wars. And that's how it was. And I like it, as opposed to the very just boring and obvious WWE television. But uh, some of it, I think the closest with NXT has a lot to do with what time of year it is, WrestleMania's on the season. So NXT is a week away from TakeOver. So they should be peaking. Uh, I absolutely anticipate NXT will win the last one as that war. If they don't win next week, that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. For a takeover. So, you know, there'll be a little victory dance maybe, you know, in Stanford over that one at full sale. But um, I don't know. I think AEW just did work because I've really enjoyed the last three weeks. I really mm-hmm. have. What did you think of the uh, Arcade Anarchy? I liked it. it, it okay. It had the, it had silliness, and I know some people were like, "Well, if WWE did that, you'd hate it." And I don't think that's true necessarily. That was that was actually going to be my question: is, is if AEW got any benefit of the doubt? And, and I'm going to say I liked it too. I thought it was it, it was funny, and uh, and kind of brutal. I mean, they really laid into each other. Um, I loved the Lego spot. I, they they just hit the right amount, the right balance of you know the funny with the hard hitting. But I feel like it was impactful. It wasn't just like silly to be silly. Like all of the stuff meant something. First of all, I thought Tony Schiavone, bless his soul, did a great job of getting over the Legos. I know some people were like thumbing their nose at Legos, but it does fucking hurt if you step on a Lego. <laughs> yeah, like, no like it does. And like Tony Schiavone's like, have you ever stepped on a Lego? It's horrible. And like, cause at first we did it. I was like, oh, that's kind of dumb Legos. And then Shivani said it. I'm like, that's great bit of announcing Tony <laughs> um, with Statlander popping out of the thing. Well, she wanted revenge. And that was a cool way within the confines of that match to make a surprise appearance. Yeah. Same thing with Trent and his mom in the van. <laughs> like it was a cool way to do it. Like it wasn't just silliness to be like, look at this moment. Look, oh my God, it's a guy showing up with his mom in a van. It made sense in the context of the story. Um, and, you know, they were able to keep Miro looking strong in that match. You know, like he looked like a beast just chucking guys around. So, yeah, I, I didn't have, I thought that was good. It wasn't as good as, you know, when the best friends had that street fight with Proud and Powerful, obviously, but yeah. I, I don't think it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is the great thing about AW when it comes to their main events, how they almost alternate between a handful of, of talents and factions are, are main eventing these shows every time. It, and it's the appropriate main event, it feels like. Of course, that should have ended the show with Statlander coming back and, and Trent Beretta. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, again, it, it's so funny. Like, is do they do too much? I, I would rather they try to do too much than not do enough and have a boring television show. So, uh, you know, I think more of their segments hit on a weekly basis. You know, I don't need to tell you, Ryan, you're a teacher, one of the great educated haters of the Midwest. Two hours is always 120 minutes, no matter how (laughs) you slice it. But it's a little faster, I think, when it's AEW. Yes, that that is for sure. Yeah, I I expect them to win next week, too. They've always done good when they've presented those big NXT shows, when they bring in all the stars. And when it's a takeover and they've got their best product out there, you would think that they would win. Uh, Ryan Huffman in the chat says, if NXT doesn't win the ratings this week, they better look at switching nights. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, what do you know? Um, I will say this. I have not seen it yet, but I've heard a lot of good things, and I absolutely anticipate watching it in the next 24 hours or so, the video on Cole and O'Reilly. It's, it's awesome. 
Okay. So <clears throat> yeah, I, I watched dynamite last night and I just happened to, I got on Twitter real quick and I saw people talking about the video packages. So I ran through that real quick and um, it's not as good, but it kind of reminded me of uh, some of those video packages you recommended couple summers ago like the devlin and i don't know are we even allowed oh. to talk about david star anymore oh on on from ott yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's really good I, i'd mm-hmm. put it maybe just a, a a bit below that yeah i believe jeremy borash put it together it was it was talked about on a variety of sources today so kudos to him yeah i plan on watching i still think cole should be the baby face but whatever i think that's gonna be the best match on either night oh yeah i think so too I think Walter and uh, Champa can give it a run for its money. Champa, why does he look more and more <laughs> like Doug Marsh of one of my favorite indie rock groups, Built the Spill, every day? I mean, this guy, he, minus the big, I mean, Tomas has got the six pack abs, while Doug always had quite the gut for a, a rock and roll front man. But God, like facially and hair, hair wise, he looks dead rigor for Doug Marsh, man. <laughs> we should play some built a spill on this show oh man nice i think we did we played i uh i would hurt a fly did we We played something we played i think we did yeah i think there was an outro with one of their songs at one point where you guys told me to yeah yeah all right well hey that's all we have for this week sorry for complaining so much but sometimes it's warranted we're objective it was warranted this week i hope next week goes a little bit better we're going to be doing post shows for both nights of WrestleMania uh, next weekend. So look for, or yeah. So look forward to that. That's the plan. At least that's what we've been yeah. advertising. We're so. going to do it. Yes. We don't false <laughs> advertise on this program. Yes. So yeah, you can look forward to that next, uh, next Saturday and Sunday night. And, and who knows? May- maybe we'll even review takeover. Yeah. We might have a, we might have a preview earlier in the week. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of things in the works. We got to talk off air about our schedule. Uh, when we when we get off the mics here but uh hey thanks for tuning in 202 episodes in this was a fun one kyle any justin any closing comments you know maybe we were negative but i had a damn good time and you look good in your top rope nation stitched snapback love that look just don't want you know don't want to play with my hair so much (laughs) have not gone to the barber in a while it's out of hand that hair hey check this this out this was a, a fast hour. Left. I got about... Look at this wealth. I ordered a bunch of these last fall. I have... Well, one of these is sold. I have three more of those hats left. Oh. Here they are. Tags still on them. Anyone out there want a Top Rope Nation stitch snapback? I got three of them left. Hit me up. TopRopeNation at gmail.com. I'll get it sent out to you in the mail. Three of them left. These things are limited run. So go on Facebook, say something positive about me, and I'll have Ryan send you one. Yes. <laughs> you can say something positive about the show and the yes. show reviews, or join us uh every single day. Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling discussion on Facebook.com. It's a fun group. We had a lively one today about There's a 1992. Lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on today. Got some really, really smart people in there every day talking wrestling. Of course, Kyle. Uh, we've got our friend uh, Garrett Gonzalez from the Wrestling Observer and Fight Game Media. He's pretty active in there. Always fun to engage with him. A lot of our patrons are on there and just a lot of good good fans. Oh, I also wanted to shout out Gabe Benson, patron of the show, big time supporter. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're on the pod feed, you heard it on the intro. Uh, he surprised us on our 200th episode right after that with a, a greeting from Nick Aldis. 
complete with the NWA heavyweight title belt. So I wanted to shout out Gabe for that. That was a super cool move. That was on his part. I know we all really appreciate that. I, I did. Fun. I mean, it, it, normally I make a lot of sarcastic remarks and whatnot, but that was like a legitimately very nice thing. And I have nothing sarcastic to say. Yeah. A, awesome. a very hearty thank you to Mr. Yes. Ben. Yes. So thank you, Gabe, for that. It was awesome for our intro tonight. Appreciate that. Follow the show on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. You can find me at Ryan Droste. That's D R O S T E. Justin is at Justin Joint, J O I N T. And Kyle is at T R P Kyle. We'll be back next week with a couple of shows. So stay tuned to the podcasting feeds. Make sure you subscribe. Definitely subscribe to that YouTube channel so you can join us live. We'll catch you next time. Have a great weekend and take care. <laughs>